Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Monday music, like, all right, guys, here it is, your favorite time of day. The boys are back in town. No, Kale, super producer Kale very appropriately went with the silent, silent intro befitting this moment. Tim Conley, we just got news right before we went live. Guys, we had a show prepared. A show prepared today where we were going to talk about uh, Tari Eason, Jalen Williams. We're going to start getting into the draft. I was excited for it. We had some hype going, but the news came across just now. That Tim Conley officially, we kind of knew it was coming, to be honest. Like, behind the scenes, we, 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 I think everybody saw this coming. I think, I think the term is we were bracing. We were bracing for the news, is what they like to say in the business. We, we boarded up the windows. We, we definitely had, had done, put the sandbags out. We were ready for, for the tsunami to come. And here it is. Tim Conley is officially going to Minnesota Timberwolves. The terms of the deal, five years, $40 million, plus a stake of equity in the company. Um and that is the news. I should tell you real quick before we get too far into this, contractually obligated to tell you we're presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use promo code DNBR when you sign up. Um, I guess I'll do the introductions like general. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous to introduce Eric. He's not like regularly, like comedically upset. I think he's actually upset. Oh, I'm fucking pissed off. There you go. I'm, I'm really fucking angry. Demonetized. Like, absolutely. Like, <laughs> I, you can, I mean, like, the rest of you guys can, whatever, like, make light of it. This is a massive blow to the Nuggets. This is, like, a really fucking big deal. People are really, really mad. They don't want to hear us, like, talk about why it's not a big deal, why we shouldn't be upset, why it's a good deal for Tim Connolly, why the Cronkies shouldn't have been able to match. This is fucking horrible. Like, this is what we have all been building towards ourselves um, has been tied in inextricably to what Tim Connolly has been building for the Denver Nuggets. Like this is a terrible day for us alongside the city of Denver, the franchise, the hopes, the dreams of people who have like really bought into the idea that the Denver Nuggets were building something special. We, I mean, we still have a lot of really good pieces. We still have a lot to really build around, but this is, this is a gut punch. Like um, I was not expecting. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to skip introductions. We got Harrison and vote here as well, but I just kind of want to roll with this because I, because I do because I agree with you, Eric. And here's the thing: you say like people don't want to hear us talk about this or that. Like we're going to present all our, our, of our real opinions. Like this isn't like okay, we're going to just just cry with everyone right now in the comments for this or that or tell you give you the pep talk. There's, I think, truth in both of those things. There's truth in the like okay, pragmatically, where does this leave you? Is there where's the glimmer of hope? There's also you know, truth and though, like, this is a disaster, but we'll cover all of it authentically. What you're getting at, Eric, you're a brand guy. You're an abstract thinker. You are, you are a guy that doesn't necessarily always see the details of, 
uh, of things, but you step back and you can always see where it all plays together. You see yes. the forest rather than the trees in, in this specific way. And what you're talking about here is that the Nuggets have an identity as an organization, like a very distinct one. We talked about this. Family is the word that we use when we describe the Nuggets organization. And I, I think, you know, to the point, they've cultivated this, this culture, and this identity of we don't skip steps. We are going to do things in a very specific vision. We're going to execute that vision. We're going to go piece by piece. And for seven years, Tim Conley's been here, I think, nine. For seven years, really, when the process for the Denver started in earnest, that has gone according to plan. Like, you look at every single step, and it's been like they have followed that identity, that philosophy, and, and everything has come from it. Now, of course, they had the injuries, but in some ways, that didn't even stop the process. It was just like a curveball. They continued that process with Zeke Naji and Bones Highland and the Austin Rivers and, and some of these moves they made. So your fear, I think appropriate so, appropriately so, is that the Nuggets now lose that. One, family identity. Well, I'm sorry, another team, by the way, traditionally known as a terrible organization, has been willing to pony up more cash for your guy. Like they value your, your family more than you value them. Um, but two, he really is the architect of the culture. And that's the thing. Does the culture survive him? Maybe, maybe not. But it certainly sucks that he was the one that started it and he is not here to complete it. Vote. What, what, what's kind of your uh, your perspective? Well, first of all, I'm happy for Tim, who deserves this compensation or at least deserved better compensation. And that's a family man. So congratulations. Are you surprised him. by that number? Because I look at that and I'm like, $5 million? I thought this well, was like... the ownership kicker as well. That's that's that's, I think, probably what put us over the top. But that's just me talking. Um it does just the number itself 540 could the Cronkies have matched that absolutely absolutely so but i'm happy for tim i mean this is a a you only get so many opportunities he's a young guy you only get so many opportunities like this in life and this is quite an incredible one so i'm happy for him i know people are of several minds about this um don't think he's an infallible genius as, as moron just put in the chat i mean i do i think there's i think nuance to some people like this like there's the, of course, of course, Moron. Like, great point, man. You're, yeah. you're astute. I think it is absolutely true that the foundation is in place. Like, I don't think Jokic is going anywhere. Those four guys are signed. The Nuggets' title window isn't like evaporated because the president is is gone. The talent's still there. Um, and maybe a change in vision isn't the worst thing. But there's two elements of this that I'm in total agreement with you guys. And the first is that culture thing which I just think any leader of any organization, whether it's a pro sports team or just in the corporate world, you are a tone setter. You are a culture setter. And people want to come and work or don't for you. And I think Tim was quite good at that. Um, the other side of this and why it's particularly frustrating, even if it works out for the best, fellas, is that this just fits into a pattern of behavior, an MO for ownership. Yeah, Could they have sure. afforded it? Yes. Did no they? Question. No and so that's the thing. Like, do I think the, the Nuggets are necessarily screwed? No, I don't know. I don't know what the future brings. But I do know that once again, when presented with an opportunity to show, no, things are different. As Malone, is, as, as many have said, it's time to capitalize on this Jokic era. It was a great way to show they're willing to do it. And they have whiffed on the first test. So even if things go swimmingly from here, that's the ground that I think everyone has to stand on to just be so upset today. This is what the Cronkies do. Uh, Harrison, man, um, I got a lot of thoughts. I, I guess my overarching thought is three weeks ago, like Vote said, Michael Malone, I feel like tried to send a message to everyone within the organization that 
this is the biggest off season for the Nuggets since he's been there in terms of putting a championship team and doing everything in the Nuggets' power to put as good of a team, as good of an organization behind Nikola Jokic. And right now those comments, I was thinking about this, those comments hit a little different after you know the news of the last couple of days. Who knows how much Michael Malone knew at the time. Maybe he was talking to ownership there. But this is about as bad as a start I think you could have in terms of putting – you know, that that vision into reality. But besides that, my, my bigger takeaway is that this directly falls on ownership. And I was foolish enough, I guess, to believe that after the Washington saga, where the Wizards tried to pry Connolly out of Denver, I foolishly thought the Cronkies maybe had learned from that and gone, right. okay, we almost let our guy get away once. Let's make sure... Hmm. He's not tempted to flirt with another team. Not, not a contender. I mean, Tim Conley's going to Minnesota. Like Minnesota is not a contender next season. They're probably not a contender the year after that. Like no executive goes from Denver to Minnesota. No executive takes a step back like that. um, Unless it's for an astronomical amount of money. And um, also being valued, though. Like, this, this is the be. thing. The money shows, Harrison, the money shows that they value. Like, hey, man, we believe that what you what's going on in Denver, we believe you have a big yeah. hand in that, and we want to bring that here. Whereas Denver clearly is saying, no, we disagree. <laughs> like, right, right. You think we have but, this without yeah, you. Yeah. My, my bigger point is I was stupid enough to believe that the Connollys had learned from the Wizards Cronkies. almost Cronkies. poaching, or, or the Cronkies had almost learn from uh, the Wizards maybe trying to poach Tim Connolly three years ago. And I thought the Cronkies would have looked at that and said, all right, like, let's not let that happen again. Let's pay him to a level and give him the resources, you know, that these other top basketball executives have. So he's, you know, not gettable because that's what the thinking was around the league with Tim Connolly, that he was gettable. And the Cronkies are the reason he was. And that I think this all in the end falls on them. Yeah, and there's a comment there from our guy Quinton that says TC didn't want to be in Denver, plain and simple. That's just dead. That's wrong. You know, that's just wrong. Tim wanted to be in Denver. And to Harrison's point, there is a threshold they probably could have pushed him over, where he's no longer viewed as gettable. Where offers don't seem like, oh, I'd be irresponsible of me to not pick up the phone. But that's the compensation scale that Tim was in. That if someone calls Colin with a big offer, you better answer it because the Nuggets aren't giving one to you for the work you've already done for them. It it cracks me up. The one thing I'll just address real quickly because I've seen it sometimes is some people saying uh, there was a comment before that was like, is this a bigger loss for the Nuggets or for DNVR since they had their guy on the inside? You guys like it's funny, man. I wish everybody had a chance to do this job to like just see the way conspiracy theories like come in. You guys think I don't talk to Calvin Booth? Who's going to be taking over? You think like I don't know him? Like I've never met him. Don't talk to him. Don't share. Compare He's actually notes or... been on the show just as many <laughs> yeah, exactly. times as Tim Connolly. Yeah, like, like maybe one less time. Yeah, you know, same, same, same goes for all, all of the people in the in the front office organization, and, and also by the way, people in other front offices outside of Denver. Like we we do have relationships to this, and for seven years now, we have shared our own personal perspective on like our own emotional connection to the team. But I think we do a good job of separating, you know, those things and saying like, I mean, I have a relationship with Michael Malone, like, you know, that 
that goes pretty deep. Like, I have all these things. We still criticize all of them, including Tim Conley. What we're saying here is, why does – you think about Chick-fil-A. Why does Chick-fil-A have – every time you go to that place, the friendliest people. You go to, like, Taco Bell or something, and everybody's just, like, yells at you, throws your food at you, and everything. Comes like, Chick-fil-A has – for some reason, the greatest customer service of anything. And it's because the people in charge clearly value that, emphasize it. And it's a cultural thing that trickles down. So if you can go to one in New York City or California or anywhere in between, you kind of get that same that same person, that same vibe. Tim Conley, like, this is the thing that when people work for giant corporations, maybe where there is this culture or maybe that just don't work or work for themselves, you don't realize it. When you work for a small entity and the Denver Nuggets, all basketball operations are a small entity. The culture of the leader is so evident and that's why we know this because we see behind the curtain. We see these things and you might not like that he gave too much money to so-and-so or you don't like this thing. But what you don't see is that this is an organization that has been held together through thick and thin and has grown every step of the way. And he has a large part of that. And losing it, losing him doesn't necessarily mean that they are going to lose that. But it also means we don't know. I know that if they had him, I know right. they weren't going to lose it. Right. Exactly. I know yeah. fact, they wouldn't have lost it in that way. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the biggest takeaway because – what this is, is like, it's not a sad day because the Nuggets are no longer a contender next season. I, I think I said on the show, like last week, the Nuggets could have an F off season or a D off season and still be an NBA championship contender next season. But like, what Connolly going to Minnesota does mean is it's the end of an era. Like the, we don't skip yeah, steps era. Yeah. That's the Tim Connolly yep. era. That's, that's his over. line. It's his line. Yeah. Nope. The, the we don't skip steps era is over. And from this point forward, I don't know what, what the Nuggets organizational philosophy is going to be under Tim Connolly. It was we don't skip steps. Right. I don't know what it's going to be under Calvin Boot. So this is like a point where that era is over and this is a new um, organizational era fr from this point on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing. Obviously, we've been having discussions about this all weekend and sort of bracing ourselves, like you said, <clears throat> for this news. I mean, I, it felt inevitable after sort of reading and hearing some of the things that were coming out of various people in the know. And um, I mean, I was ready for this, definitely. And I, you know. Just so everybody understands, I have no relationship to Tim Conley. I've heard him <laughs> two times. I just, I just am a huge fan of the Denver Nuggets. Like I, I don't talk to these people. I just observe what I see on the court, around the culture. Uh, I hear the, the 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 phrases. We don't skip steps. I mean, it sucks that the last step was just jumping off of a cliff or jumping to Minnesota. I didn't really expect that. Um, the thing is, is that we are like in. We are part of this long form story. Um, we don't know if, you know, the the people that have been working with Tim Connolly are a capable and able to make the same sort of decisions that he would at the same moments that he would. Obviously, like he surrounded himself with people that he believed in and and sort of shared his basketball philosophy or at least would challenge him and they would come to conclusions um, as a group. Um, and the only thing we know now is that now that there is an element of chaos that we are forced to deal with, like we don't can chaos can mean good. Chaos can mean bad. It just means unknown. We have no idea what the future holds. Like we lost Carmelo Anthony and I thought the world had ended for the Denver Nuggets. Um, and the right. next season they won more games than they'd ever won in right. franchise history. Right. Um, I thought losing George Carl would be a big problem because you know, he was a, a championship 
well, champion. He was a very winning coach and and created a culture that provided a lot of uh, regular season wins. And the wheels fucking fell off for like, <laughs> right. ten years. So I don't know. Actually, people don't realize this. An era ended. Now there were some injuries as well, but people don't realize there was a Danilo Gallinari, Ty Lawson, Kenneth Freed era that was very promising. It just never took off. Yes. And part of that was because the change you just referenced, front office and coaching. Yes. And so, like, the only real, the only constant here, unfortunately, is the Cronkies, right? Like, the Cronkies that have shown us that they, as an organization, are able to win championships for one reason or another. I can't really figure it out. Like, they just put good people in place and they step back. They sort of allow things to happen. Uh, great. That's a great trait of their ownership it's resulted in a super bowl this last year the abs look like they are primed to win a, a championship potentially this year um but then when it comes to things like this where you need a little bit more of like a close uh attention paid to a team and to an organization like it's just so clear that the, the cronkies are not somebody that you can rely, rely on for that they're not looking at like they the, the, the nuggets don't mean to the cronkies what they mean to us which right. is a, an this absurd is statement number, this is the number one thing like you could talk and we'll get into it in the next couple segments what's tim gonna do in minnesota like what, what do we expect what is denver gonna do without him how is it gonna be different but i think the number one thing that becomes sort of unquestionable we've waited to find out what the cronkies would do when we were within striking distance of a championship we waited thinking like, oh, maybe like they didn't have a G League for the longest and they finally got one, almost being forced to get one. They finally got one. Like and forced, right? yeah. and the first year was like great with it. And you kind of think, okay, they're slowly putting together. Now it's go time. You've got a roster that's going to go into the tax. Like, okay, here they go. We're turning it on the faucet. We're turning on the faucet. Not even one year into the faucet being on. And now we're, we're just, we're, <clears throat> we're draining out the other end here by, by losing Tim. And, and here's the thing. I expected, and I had heard a number, eight years, 64 million or six, somewhere around there, plus an ownership state. I heard this astronomical number that to me, I looked at and go, the Cronkies not paying that would suck. It's not my money, but I kind of understand it. $64 million, that's an, an eight years, like committing to anybody for eight years, a coach, a front office, even a player is scary. So this is what I hear. When I see five years, 40 million, I'm like, what are we yeah, doing? We're talking about ownership, right? And I mean, the ownership stakes and... I get like you. Woj did say that Denver countered with an offer that would make him one of the better higher-paid executives. I don't know if it matches that five forty number, and maybe that would have been enough. We don't know. Here's what I here's what I feel very comfortable saying. That's benefit of the doubt to an ownership group that has earned none. That's how right. I. Oh, oh, of course. Like yeah, that's, exactly. It. That's why I. To me, that's the biggest thing. I agree with everyone. That's like, hey, Tim isn't perfect. That Jokic is still there. These are all good points. These are also, all good points. Here? But I, I think what you had was a a a first test for the Cronkies to show us, yeah, we're ready to do this. And unless you're willing to give them benefit of the doubt, which they have not earned, they failed that test. Denver a bid uh, that would have moved him to one of the better paid league executives. They Denver offered him, but he just left anyway. Like again, I'm with you. Vote on this. I just am. The the problem is. The Cronkies let it get to this point. Right. Right. That, that's that's exactly the problem. Right. Yeah, again, they let it get to a point where he could make this decision. You know, like a ownership group that's forward thinking, you know, m maybe would have been giving him raises when he deserved raises and was already paying him like one of the top ranking execs. And then, you know, maybe then when Minnesota comes in and expresses interest, 
Tim Connolly kind of laughs them off and says, why would I go to the Minnesota Timberwolves? I'm paid yes. like a top exec here in Denver. Yep. I've got everything. You know, I need, I have this roster. I want to finish what I started. I don't want to leave. Like the Cronkies being as absent of owners as they are. And, and look, Josh Cronky is, is very involved, but I think they have a, like a known philosophy when it comes to how they manage their executives. Um, they let it get to this point. They let yeah. it get to a point where he could decide and he could be poached. So and, and that's that's the problem. I see a comment here that says, I personally, I can't remember where it was. I personally think Tim is making a big mistake. Here's the thing. No, he's not. Making a, he's making a mistake that is going to, worst case scenario, net him generational wealth that his yeah. children will never have to worry yeah. about money. Like that's, that's, changes that's, family's life. And, and if your point yeah. is that like he might go there and not enjoy himself the way he is in Denver, almost a lock. Almost a lot because he loves it that much being here. But here's the thing, like Eric, I always use you in this example because, I mean, I respect you immensely in this one in this way. I mean, in a lot of ways, but this, in this one, one way, way in that you genuinely want to do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you can't be bought off to do other things. Like you want to build DNVR this very specific way. And if you were working and Brandon just told you one day, like, "Hey, man, we're not trying to make this cool. We're just doing this," or like, you would also want to leave. And part of me wonders this, like maybe the Nuggets did offer him all of this. Maybe they did this. Part of me thinks he looks at this and just goes, they're not going to do what it takes to win it, to win. Mm. And like if the money was close or this or that, maybe I would stay or this or this. But like he has to be looking at there and going, pulling his hair out of like, I'm handing you guys an opportunity here and you're just going to punt it. Yep. It'd be like if Eric had this generational, never before seen program to design shirts that, that nobody else had and he <laughs> discovered it and you know like it's this generational technology and he leaves it for like something that's way worse but he leaves it because the money yeah man no, the it's also the opportunity here the resources is also maybe the opportunity like he might also just yep. see a like ownership group willing to give up equity and willing to do all these things and he's like holy hell you guys sure. are serious about winning like this is yeah. sure M- maybe I, one day they can they can give him that same technology <laughs> yeah i mean I, that, I that's actually, oh, sorry you sure i want to hear from you man i was just gonna say man i like uh in all of this it's just the, the only thing that i can look at and the only thing you can look at is just it's just the ownership stake it's just the ownership stake I, I i don't think that like you can look at it from as far as tim's perspective it's like does he love the Denver Nuggets? Yes. Is he proud of what he's done? Yes. Does he love the team he's put together? Does he believe in it? Does he think that they can win a championship? Yes, 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 yes. Is he part owner of the Denver Nuggets? No, he is not. Like, I, I, I don't know how. Like, that is... Um, who, nobody gets offered that. You have to buy into ownership in the NBA. And it is... Un, like, the, 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 the people that are buying into ownership in the NBA are like Alex Rodriguez and... Uh, just people with like ungodly amounts of money. Right. And, and, and Tim is being just offered that just to do the job that he's doing here with Harrison. You're right. Like this is not, it's not like the, the story isn't going to be like, Oh, the Cronkies didn't step up when the offer came, they didn't counter. They weren't there. It's just like, yo man, like you guys are absentee landlords. Like you Dip, allow 1000% how Stan Cronky runs yeah. his business. You, oh, it's absentee time to landlord. negotiate a new contract. Okay. Let's, let's do that. Oh, yeah, no. we'll get to that. We'll get to, you I know, mean, we got, yeah, we're, we're going done. <laughs> yeah, we're going to, we're going to London. We got to, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, well, whatever. So it's fine. Like the record was again this season. Yeah, yeah, leak, the playoffs. Leaky toilet. Like, can you guys just do it? Can you just mop up the floor for, I'll, I'll be there next month. Don't worry about it. Like maybe sometime down the road, I'll fix that. Yeah. 
so it sucks it sucks um I, 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 maybe we should save let's let's save silver yeah. lining corner for the end let me yeah remember. let's um let's actually go into break because i do want to talk about ownership stake like this is not a normal thing why wouldn't the cronkies offer that there's a reason uh what do other owners think of that and then also is there i've said this a lot stan cronkey is a unique owner and that he has interests across sports across cities across countries and i do think in this specific case that actually makes this scenario more difficult for him. And I'll explain on that on the other side. Ivaca TV, Ivaca.tv slash DNVR. They've got Altitude Sports. They've got AT&T Sportsnet. So you can watch Rockies games this summer. They've also got the DNVR channel where you can watch this show and our pre and post game shows. The abs are uh, deep in a playoff run right now. You can watch Rudo, AJ, and all those guys on their pre and post game show on YouTube or if you have Ivaca TV, you can watch it on the DNVR channel. Most importantly, they've got altitude sports nuggets, abs, of course, get set up with Ivaca TV now. So you're ready to go. Uh, when nugget season tips off in the fall, go to Ivaca.tv slash DNVR, use the promo code DNVR. You're going to get $10 off your first three months. That's only $15 per month for the first three months. Plus a receiver, no contracts, no hidden fees. They're not going to hike up the price on you. Ivaca.tv slash dnvr again use the promo code dnvr you're gonna get ten dollars off your first three months only fifteen dollars a month for those first three months plus a receiver no contracts no hidden fees go to evaca.tv slash dnvr also at lightshade dispensary right now you guys can pick up some wana wana optimals fast asleep gummies if you need to catch up on some shut eye after the big game Check out Wana. They offer a holistic plant-based solution that tackles the root causes of sleepiness like stress and pain. Wana Optimal's fast sleep gummies will have you closing your eyes in just 5 to 15 minutes. It's a fast-acting sleep aid. Where can you find Wana? At Colorado's premier dispensary, Lightshade. They've got 11 convenient Denver Metro and Aurora locations. The Barnum location, one block off 6th and Federal. Now open as well. Podcast listeners, you guys can get 25% off non-sale items with the code DNVR. You can shop online at lightshade.com or you can pick up at a lightshade location near you. All right, back here, segment two, breaking down the Tim Conley news. He's officially out in Minnesota, Minnesota, um, where he will now be building a rival to the Denver Nuggets. He, Tim Con- it's weird that Tim Conley uh, yesterday job build a championship for Nikola Jokic his job today stop the Nuggets from winning a championship <laughs> like it's really a it's kind of dark do you, do you think he really wants to like stop the Nuggets you, you think he'd be happy if the Nuggets won a championship Probably. oh of course he would yeah, are you absolutely. kidding me like, be are said you kidding me? of course he would he but at the same time his job now in the same division is to build a team that's better than them so yeah in a roundabout way, i don't know no, double agent tim Connolly, not off the table <laughs> yeah, like, oh man stan, stan cronky the genius is going to actually it's a long game to get ant davis here for uh uh monte morris or something i don't know um a couple pieces here of the puzzle that i think are kind of interesting number one I have heard that owners are not happy with this Minnesota Timberwolves group offering ownership stake. I'm this sure is they're not. At the Apple Court because they're all all these owners are looking around, going like, "Hey, man, what the hell? Like now, my GM's going to come to me at, asking me for equity and this or that." Like you open up a new possibility 
And then now everybody's going to want that. So number one, I've heard that that is a thing that's going on. So people are asking, why don't the Cronkies offer? First of all, the Cronkies would be the last person to offer. Like we just, we just know them. Like if, even if this became a thing, the Cronkies wouldn't do it unless they absolutely were forced and pigeonholed to do it. Um, but I've heard that number two, the Cronkies, unlike most ownership groups, don't own just one team. In fact, they don't even just own one uh, teams in one city because sometimes you'll get they own okay both hockey and, and basketball. They own the Rams, they own Arsenal, they own the Rapids, the Mammoth, the Nuggets, the Avalanche. And the thing that makes this difficult is if you get leverage to where Tim Conley is and all of a sudden has to be paid $40 million over five years and a stake in equity, what do you think Joe Sackick, who's won a Stanley Cup title for the organization, who's built a juggernaut, what do you think he says? He's like, oh, wait, 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 wait. You gave Tim Conley ownership stake and he hasn't had the success I've had and he hasn't done this. What do you think happens with the Rams and everybody else? There's a can of worms that gets opened here for the for the Cronkies that I think actually factors in a little bit to this negotiation that they have so many properties here. What do you think, Eric? That's exactly it. The Cronkies are a corporation. Like the the guys that are coming in to buy the Minnesota Timberwolves, that's like their entire universe. They're like right. so, solely focused on the Minnesota Timberwolves and like what they can do to maximize and Sunday this. night baseball. And Sunday night baseball. Yeah, like there's a, there's a picture that I, I, that I think Harrison shared of Alex Rodriguez like happily <laughs> drinking his coffee. It makes me so fucking sick to see oh. the smile on his face. I can't believe Alex like, Rodriguez is now Timberwolves. <laughs> I know, oh. like, it, like the the entire scene is honestly disgusting. Like, it's it's like, it's like uh, all Ugh. like greasy. It just like it looks like ugh, I just hate the whole thing. I just hate the whole thing. I just can't picture Tim in that environment. Like, we I've never even seen Tim Connolly wearing a suit unless he had to. Um, it just seems like so. Uh, I don't know, whatever. But the point is, is that yes, the the guys that are just like desperate to make a splash will offer something that is just like absolutely insane to do so. Um, whereas the Cronkies are not looking to make a splash. I, I'm sure that they probably offered like similar money. I'm sure you know they they can afford whatever they want to afford. Um, that concept of the, uh, I mean, it's it's probably honestly in, like super foolish on the part of the Minnesota Timberwolves ownership group to offer ownership to a somebody that is just going to be running their team, which, you know, like perhaps they're not happy with the way that Tim Conley runs the team and want to get rid of him. And then suddenly he's just, you can't, or at least you're, you're still paying him for ever. Um, that might be something they look back at and, and are not happy with in the future. But um you know, as far as like coming in and making a splash, like they certainly did. I don't know if this like the rest of the league outside of Denver, Colorado, as far as like the Twitterverse really appreciates what this means uh, as far as, you know, a guy that can come in and grow a team from essentially nothing um, just off of, you know, clever ideas, wheeling, dealing, uh, being smart uh, in the draft and, and all of these things that we just feel so strongly about uh, that Tim has done in his time here. Um, but as far as like getting a guy that just sort of like understands what it is to work inside of the NBA and, and, and to scout players and to build, uh, you know, a team that they can build off of in the future. I mean, like this is, a, this is, this is a great hire for them. Right. I'm just, I'm, I'm just sick, man. I'm yeah. sick. What do you think Harrison? What do you think Tim Conley's going to do in Minnesota? Like what, what do you, what do you see the next steps being like for, for the Timberwolves? Um, I mean, it's kind of a, a really interesting team to take over. 
because especially when you're talking about what Tim is going to do, because I actually don't think it's a team that's in a stage of building that really plays to Tim Conley's strengths. I, I mean, Tim, I think would be best at taking over a team if he was to move on from Denver that, you know, is, is in the lottery, maybe has a couple of intriguing pieces. Yeah, and Washington would have made a lot more sense, honestly. This is why when right, people are acting right. like Tim wanted out or this or that, like Washington yeah. one was home and two, he had like family reasons to have gone back at that exact right. moment in time right. that were very high profile. I think they were talked about, but if not, I'm not going to mention them, but there was a real draw personally for him to go there outside of finances. And he still chose to stay sure. because of how much he enjoyed being here and seeing through what he was doing. Definitely. And Minnesota is a tough job. Like the, They've won two playoff games in the time the Nuggets have won 21. Like, yeah. it's it, They're just as a franchise in a totally different place than Denver. And they just had this embarrassing loss in uh, the first round of the playoffs. Like Carl Anthony Towns was breaking down like mentally, it's, it seemed like at times. And, and so like you got a lot of tough decisions. D'Angelo Russell has this terrible contract. But you know, all those things don't matter What when you're getting the type of package that he got, apparently. How will he operate with the Timberwolves? I've got to think he'll take the same tempered approach that he did in Denver and not, like, run in there and try to trade Carl Towns. Like, that's not what Tim Conley's going to do. I, I think he's going to take the same kind of steady, um, you know, let, let's see what this team has and, you know, let's try to make some moves around the edges. Um, I don't think he's going to go in there and uh, start like making and setting off fireworks. Right. Um, we have to, I think one of the things when we're talking about all of this, the, the, I do think that the worst part of this is that it, it lowers your faith in the Cronkies, which was already so low, but it just yeah. lowers your faith in Stan Cronky. I think this is the bigger part of it. I see a lot of people saying like, you got to give Calvin Booth a chance. It's t- totally fair. Like, honestly, there is a world yeah. in which Calvin Booth comes in and provides exactly what the Nuggets need at this moment. Like, I really like Calvin. Uh, and we're going to get to know him more and more now. When I say we, I mean all of Nuggets Nation is now going to get to know him more and more, especially through his moves and, and just through his appearances. Um, so there's, this is not a referendum on like, oh, my God, now they're, they cheat. Like it might actually end up working out. There's, there's a real path. It just – even if it works out. It's not because of good process. Exactly. <laughs> if it exactly. works out, it's because of just like cheapness exactly. and a fail, failure of vision. There's a history, you know, yeah. this is all, if there's a different history of saying like, look, that ownership stake, that's a lot. Like that, that's a big offer for Minnesota. That is a risky offer for Minnesota. Yeah. That's a real part of this. But again, like wins point first, if, if he was compensated to begin with, not just because of the threat of leaving, but because that's just what he was owed, maybe we don't get to this place. And then what you just outlined, they haven't earned it. They haven't earned a benefit of the doubt. And in fact, there is a a, a blatant history of this approach. And so it's tough. It's tough. It's weird because I'm going to root for Calvin Booth, of course. I'm going to root for Jokic and company, of course. It feels weird to root for this process to get validated because I don't think it's a good one. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. The, none of this is a referendum on any like it's not a vote of no confidence for the new front office it's not a vote of it, it's just like i like we were saying earlier this is just an element of chaos at the moment where we were looking to uh we were expecting that the nuggets would be all in completely unified you know making the move that they were talking about like doing whatever they can to win the championship and then like this is this is not this is not 
a move to win a championship is to lose the architect of the team that got you there. Um, you know, the, the, the silver lining is that the, the team that he built is still in place. And um, you're right. Like, go ahead. it is a, it is a, it is like a habit thing. You're right. Cause this is the thing they lost Masai in large part, as I talked about last week, when they lost Masai, some of it was they didn't have the foresight or the, the like urgency to make sure that he was locked up. So then a better offer came. They lost the Comcast deal because they like just didn't see it coming. They were I, I completely off the ball. Then they got into a spot where Comcast could lean on them. And there's other factors, you know, them being more vulnerable, this or that. But they just seem to never see around the corner. Like there's the old yeah. line, if you remember, when they double booked, it's hilarious. Alec Wynn has been posting this a lot of What's the WWE guy? What's his name? Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon. When he they double booked, they had a playoff game at the exact same time when WrestleMania or something was supposed to be in Denver, and it screwed up WrestleMania's schedule. And he did the circuit where he was just like, Stan Kroenke should be arrested for impersonation, impersonating a businessman because he's not businessman. Yeah, it's like such a great burn. But you're also like, this is their history. They seem to always be surprised by things coming up. And I'm like, oh shit, Comcast is pulling out from us. Well, guess what? Our only recourse now is to sit on our hands and feet and hope the court take care of us. Like, oh, uh, if someone Masai comes Ujiri, up with a solution. Throughout Masai Ujiri's, like, free agency is going to bite us in the ass. I guess we should have taken care of that sooner. But, you know, what can you do? Tim Conley, like, oh, he's getting us. This is the problem. It's like, yes, it might work out. But this shows a history of them just not being very – and when I say them, I really mean him. Stan Kroenke not being a very smart businessman. And maybe it works out. It almost make you feel sick if it works out in some way. Well, that's the, the worst part about this is that he's extremely rich. He is a great businessman. The point of being a businessman is to make well, money. Yes. The problem is he's so like how smart Cuban has gone from four million dollars to four point one million dollars in twenty years. Stan Kroenke is worth ten billion dollars. Like yeah. he is without question a great businessman the problem is is that he is doing business in a place where our heart also resides and he doesn't take the thing about uh sports teams in general and just the all of these things that are based on uh us having faith and and riding along and needing to build community and having it mean something larger than the balance sheet is that when things like this happen like you can talk yourself into why he would not do it from a business standpoint, but from a, we want this team to actually mean something because we put all of our time, effort, thoughts, uh, heart into it. Like he's a complete failure, but he's a great oh, business. Totally, man. He's a great, it's, he's a yeah. great businessman. It just fucking sucks. You don't want a great business. I don't, but want, I'm, like, I'm, first of all, I'm going to push back on this. Cause I'm not sure he is. Some of this, he has $10 billion. I know. <laughs> Yeah, well, he married a Walmart person, and he had a business in by which he would All buy real estate, place a Walmart there, and the real estate would then suddenly become a hundred times more valuable. I'm not saying it's not. That's a great business move. It is Bus- a great business move, but it's also, I mean, like the the Queen of England's also extremely rich. Like we, we have these people that like have done one maneuver to get to where they are, and I'm just saying, like what we're seeing from the Comcast situation, not exactly great strategic business moves. What we're seeing now from from Tim here, not exactly great, smart business moves. And we are seeing smart owners who have doubled, tripled the, the, their franchises and, and, and both made the money and won with them. To me, that's the smart. Stan Kroenke has well, not proven to be able to do that with the Denver Nuggets. This is the, I mean, there, there, there is a, 
the concept of a winning owner and a good businessman. And the two are, are not always. I, I, that's a great it's, point, Eric. It, it, it just seems like there are probably easier ways to just make money. If that's yeah, dude. Goal. Like just if focus so on Walmart, dude. Yeah, just sell focus the on Walmart. And collect and take the billions and move on with all your other ventures. And so that's the part that frustrates me is that they end up ultimately taking the team hostage. Like do one or the other, sell it and collect because that value's already ballooned from the time you bought it. It's ridiculous. And if you don't want to sell it because you do, in fact, like owning the team, show some goddamn pride one time. Well, <laughs> yeah, that, that's never going to happen. Or like Stan Kroenke doesn't care about the Nuggets. Right, like, if right, he could sell true. the Nuggets and buy the Lakers tomorrow, he would. No question. You know, like he, but that's he, what he doesn't care about the Nuggets. They're just a business so, for him. Um, I want to get Adam a couple seconds ago. You were talking about like Masai leaving and how this is so eerily similar. Like Masai left for money. Sure. But. From when I, what I've been told, he also left because he saw like the vision that Nuggets ownership had and the vision that like Raptors ownership had and the resources he could have in Toronto versus the resources he could have in Denver. And those things are just incomparable. And that was another reason why he really left. And I've got to think Connolly, he didn't want to leave, but he probably also looked at the resources he could have in Minnesota and the res- resources that he would have in Denver and those things just like aren't comparable and the nuggets. I don't think they will, but they've just got to get serious as a franchise, man. Like they are still run like a second rate NBA franchise compared to like the top tier ones. And it's, it's easy stuff to point out like a practice facility and how every single Northwest Division team has one instead of Denver. And I think like 20 plus teams now have a state of the art practice facility. It only costs like 15, 20 million dollars to build one. It's not that much money. Pretty much every team has one. And the Nuggets have a practice gym that's, you know, the size of most people's high school arenas. It's it's stuff like that that the Nuggets just have to get serious on to go up to that next tier of organizations and i don't think they will but i mean it's kind of something that's preventing them from jumping into that group i agree yeah we'll see i mean there's a lot more in the summer to kind of for the cronkies to kind of prove themselves i mean look the funny thing is we always make a big deal of the training facility like that's just because it's such a a good example of it but this summer there is an opportunity like are you going to spend we're going to be able to tell whether they're going to be in the tax no matter what but we're going to be able to tell whether they care about that or not because you can go a little into the tax, you can go big into the tax, you can make moves, you can bring in new assistant coaches or add people to your front office that have some, you know, that that plug some holes, but they cost money. And we'll see if they do that. Or we'll just see if they kind of just roll with what they have. And um, this is, I, I'm not exaggerating when I say it, the most important season in Denver Nuggets franchise history. It's not the only one. They're going to have, we hope, more shots at, the, at it here. But this next year is unquestionably, in my opinion, their best chance to win a title. Mm-hmm. And it sucks to be off on this foot. Our first foot forward is sort of how you want to start. Power one. Start. Hasn't even actually started. Um, yeah. Let's take a break. On the other side, we'll talk a little bit about Calvin. And I want to talk a little bit about the Golden State Warriors. Eric's Golden State Warriors on the other side. The American Raptors. The American Raptors, the Rugby Town USA's newest rugby team. They have a roster uh, that's made up of athletes and players that come from all different professional sports football basketball baseball wrestling soccer track and field all these athletes have come together to make this american raptors rugby team 
they play right here in Denver, Colorado. They play uh, at Infinity Park in Glendale. So get out to a game this summer. Uh, they play, I think, on the weekends, maybe throughout the week as well. They just played this last weekend. Um, American Raptors, the games are free, but you have to head over to AmericanRaptors.com to grab a ticket for uh, the season. If you can't make the game, they stream uh, their games on AmericanRaptors.com. Uh, so check that out. And again, if you want to get down to a game at Infinity Park in Denver, grab a ticket at AmericanRaptors.com. Also subscribe to the DNVR Rugby Podcast with Colton Strickler. He's going to keep you locked in on all rugby news, rumors, notes, not just in Colorado, but also throughout the country. Also, let's get a DraftKings pick of the week here. And I'm going to try to you know break the streak. Um <laughs> What's the most interesting five on these last draft Celtics Celtics money line? No Tyler Hero, take uh, take the Celts. Yeah, I'm gonna just take the Celtics. Uh, They're (laughs) big favorites tonight, but they're gonna win. Um, This this is a classic your turn my turn series where each team just wins every other game. Uh, So I'm taking the Celtics tonight on the money line DraftKings pick of the week. Mark it down, put it in Sharpie, (laughs) lock it in. Celtics tonight. Do you guys want to do a quick around the association? Three for 14. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I wish you guys could all be in a group chat with vote during a Celtics game. It's a, it's a real like adrenaline experience. I love it. I don't even have to watch the game. I just wait for the vote text. To Talking to myself. No one responds. I just keep going. Oh, I'm there. I'm, I'm doing the Michael Jordan like watching <laughs> open up my phone. Laughing. It's so oh, great. Um, Calvin Booth. Um, vote. You have any first impressions here uh, with Calvin? What, what, what kind of what kind of things you think here? How how will he be different? All accounts, the organization you know appears high on him. That's not. I would I would be surprised to hear other stuff right now. Like he's 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 the heir to this throne. So um, I think I, it's I, out. Wonder, I think it's out already that he's. Missing, it, it, uh, it is out. Yeah. Um, I wonder. You know. Look. I think the obvious. The first notion that everyone's sort of touching is. Will he be more willing to sort of make aggressive or or, or more skip steppy esque moves than Tim was, which is an interesting school of thought. You know, we had Tim on this show and he talked about how he likes to treat players like people and not assets. We right. followed up. Does that make the job more hard? Of course it does. Uh, do I Calvin Booth, uh, uh, an NBA guy, been around this league for a long time, probably a little number to the business aspect of uh, having seen both sides of that fence. Maybe he is more willing to make tough trades. That's probably would be sort of the first place I look. Having said that, I think the Tim stuff can get understated a little bit. He, sh- he made that trade for Aaron Gordon. Like, I don't think anyone was stoked I... to say goodbye to Gary Harris or like that was an easy choice. The Nuggets made that trade. So I think maybe Tim would have made those trades. We'll find out. But that's probably the first place I look. And I guess that's where other people are interested. Yeah, it bothers me when people talk about the the failings of Tim Connolly's trades and and he, how he doesn't move players. There's some, this there's and that. some truth to it, though. There's some. There is, it. but it's also uh, it bothers me as you as you mentioned. I see the forest, not the trees. People focus right, on right. little so saplings. True. Oh, it's so true. This is and the they're worried about Bryn Forbes. They, yep. They're worried about the all of these <laughs> trades that ultimately if we had our players like wouldn't have mattered even a little bit, like not even an iota, like the Nuggets did as absolute best as they could have possibly done without completely uh, just getting lucky on some weird trade. I mean, like the Nuggets had nothing to work with. They, unfortunately, you know, injuries and, and the world at large is bigger than the plans that we make. Um, he, like 
Tim Connolly built the best possible squad that you could imagine somebody building in the position that he was given to start where he was where he started. Like he showed up, Brian, like did he hire Brian Shaw? This I um, yeah, but it was so quick. I mean, it was yeah that first season. yeah Tim like we Tim Con- we watched Tim Connolly grow up in front of our eyes. When he came in, he was making horrendous mistakes. He was sending trades to the leagues that weren't that weren't even legal. He was trying to do things that were. Uh, I mean, he hired Brian Shaw, like all of these things, like it was awful. And we had to slowly like work our way through it. He he grew, we grew, Michael Malone grew. And the worst part is that like at the end of it, now that he moves on, it's like, (laughs) yeah, man, like, fuck, this, this story has been building and building and building and like how it can't possibly end like this. This can't be the end. This is the thing I always tell people. Pat Riley's a great general manager. He's won in three different cities and big markets under pressure. He's reshuffled the deck in short order and gone from championship team to brand new, completely different championship team. He's great. Unassailable record. Last summer, he gave Duncan Robinson $16 million a year. He, that contract just started. He's got five more years to make – it goes 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 million. That's his upcoming contract that he just handed to a player that doesn't even play. Like – Great. So when people say like the forest for the trees thing, like there's somebody I saw our guy Ray is like, hey, um, margins win championships. Absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. All these things matter. My point is that everyone makes mistakes. Like it's so easy to point out these little things and say, look, that was proof of it. You have to look at that, but you also have to step back and say, like, is this thing going in the right direction? Also, yeah. Every GM in the league's margin moves look like dog shit when they're two two of their three most important yeah, players. And, and, and that's, have... that's not to say every – I don't want to – like, there were mistakes made. I'm just saying, like, we're all evaluating from the standpoint oh. of – But also, I, yeah, I, I, I need I, – I, I realize I'm a moron and I don't understand things, but like I need someone to explain to me how margins win championships. LeBron wins championships. The Warriors win championships. The Lakers win championships with LeBron. It doesn't matter. You don't even remember the cast of characters that were the eighth, ninth people on the end of that bench. You ne- no, you don't. Some, like, team, some teams we do. Some teams Who? we do. Who? I, I mean, look, some of those gold. I can remember all the names. Of players. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, like I think the gold. Who, who yeah, made those the Spurs? Yeah, Boris Dio was not a an around the edge move. He was a, a top level player. Like the, the the Bryn Forbes moves, these moves that everybody like freaks out about, like they do not move the the needle in the context of winning a championship at the NBA. I cannot be moved off this point. Like this is why the Warriors are going to wreck the league this year. It doesn't matter who. Who is on the end of their bench? It doesn't matter I mean, if they Andrew lost Gary Wiggins, Payton Jr. You're right. Okay, if you're saying fringe is in like 11, 12 guys, or, or that's what like this is head. what we're talking about. This I is what people get that. all get worried about. They're they worried about that we we got we got Bryn Forbes. Oh no, or we like we didn't make the right move to get like a, a, another guy to come off the bench. Doesn't yeah, the fucking way, matter. Like the way you get the way you get good players to your point, the the guys that you're talking about, the impact ones, is you have to make your margins matter so that you can convert them into something. You have to trade four quarters for a dollar. And that means you have to like hit on all of your moves to get those four quarters. So, so this this stuff, in my opinion, does matter. Like the margins do matter. Um, but to your point, there's still so many little margins that happen. And if you just look at the bad ones, you can do that for every single person, for as everything, just, including Pat Riley, and say, look at this terrible contract you handed out. Um, everybody has it. Um, Calvin, I will say, like one of the things people have said is a criticism of Tim Conley or a weakness of his has been 
when you do treat everyone like family, it can be harder to move people. And Will Barton, to me, is very clearly a guy that should have been moved at least one season ago, maybe two, but certainly one season ago, in my opinion. And that's a move that I think my, I think probably wouldn't happen if it weren't if Tim weren't here. Not because I think everybody thinks it's because the Baltimore connection, this or that. I think it's just because Tim really believes in his guys, like whether they come from Baltimore or where they come from, wherever else. And I think the writing was probably on the wall a year before Tim saw it. Um, and maybe with, with Calvin, maybe that changes. Maybe Calvin doesn't have the roots that go as deep with the specific players that have been here for seven years. Yeah, I think Calvin Boots strength can be what Tim Connolly's biggest weakness was. And that was believing in his guys too much. Like sometimes that really benefited Tim and that really benefited the Nuggets. He believed in Nikola Jokic. He believed in Jamal Murray. Um, you know, he, he believed in Gary Harris after he had a, a dreadful rookie season. Um, and there was a lot also, of to believe in those guys, but I mean, it's hard to remember right. it at this point, but there were points in times with even Jokic where it was like, Hey man, he's got a lot of trade value right now. Like it's a second rounder with a live. You could you could get a really good player. Remember when people were laughing about Jalen Brown for for Nikola Jokic when that was a thing? But think about how many GMs in the second year of a second round pick would be like, oh, no, he's our 100%. guy. Hundred percent. Let's yeah, get Jalen totally. Brown's the third totally. overall pick. We could get him. Of course, we'll take him. I mean, a lot yeah. of names: Kyrie, James Harden. Like a lot of guys came up. Like this yeah. wasn't, you know. Yeah. It's funny when and and just yeah and just knowing what I think I know about Calvin Booth, I think he's definitely going to be much more willing to part with guys who have been with this team for a while, um, that that have done a lot of good things for the Nuggets. If it's the right move to make, yeah, in a basketball sense, I think yeah. he's going to be much more willing to make those trades than uh, Tim Conley was. Yeah, yeah, and it's been told <laughs> to us like. The difference between Tim and, and Calvin is that Tim is always looking to make the smart, clever move, the cute move, and Calvin is just more of like a, here's what we need, let's get this, let's get this done. Like, I think I'd be a lot more nervous if we were like truly in a real rebuilding stage and we had to sort of rely right. on Calvin Booth's you know, vision. Not that it's bad or good, I, I, I just, don't, just know. don't know it. Yeah, we don't. Um, but there is something to be said about like, okay, let, like, let's get, let's get some uh, some de defense around the perimeter. Let's get like let's not worry about like trying to turn two picks or one pick into two picks and you know seeding for the future and uh, there is probably some real value to just being like okay, we're locked in. Like we need this guy because he can make shots, because he can be a defender. It's like it's not like necessarily like he's, you know, like we can we have like this weird deal that we can make that's ultimately we're going to get him and the 15th pick and da, 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 like so i can i can see value there um and and the one thing i'll say just it, if this is silver linings corner here um the one thing i keep saying is that somehow or another the uh the cronkies the as much as i hate them right now and I, I can't really stand the thought of the cronkies at this exact moment in time like are it, like a plus level talent evaluators for whatever reason, they they put the right people in place of all of these franchises that are allowed to do whatever it is that they need to do. Um, unfortunately, like then that falls back on the Cronkies to be able to finance the ideas and the the, the views and the plans of all of these like good uh, these this great talent that they put in place. But like 
the the record really doesn't lie with the the way that the Cronkies have gone about it. I mean, like again, I keep coming back to it. Like, just see what they just did in the NFL. See what they're doing. In they the might NHL. win back to back titles. They literally might win a football title yes. and a hockey my, title. Yeah. Within my my only months. counter to that, my only counter to that is yes, they've plucked Masai Ujiri and Tim Conley from relative obscurity, and those two guys yes. are some of your top five president of basketball yes. operations. But also. Tim Conley was not good his first two years here. Terrible. He had a lot of growing pains that he had to go through learning the job and whatnot. And like that had to happen before he became a top five executive. Yeah. yeah. Like, so from the, are, the, the, okay. I was going to say, there are say micro decisions. I see people all the time, like business people that will, you know, give, write a self-help book. And it's like, anybody can do what I do. I just, Wake up and do this, this, and what they're, I often think they're not accounting for is all of the micro decisions that come across your desk every day that you just kind of like assume everybody makes decisions the exact same way. When actually uh, you make so many decisions over time that there's this cultural footprint you might not even recognize in yourself that is leading you to this. And this is what I think Eric is, is putting on the Cronkies. I think if I, you are sort of saying, clearly there is something that they are doing that is working whether it's like noble or this or that, they clearly have something. And I would agree with you in part, like, again, the proof in the pudding, the apps are good, the nuggets are good, the, the, the Rams are good. They were not good, you know, they, they built this, they've had a vision. The Rapids are good. That vision. Rapids are good. So they've executed a vision here, Arsenal not so much. The one thing I will say is that we're talking about extremely small sample sizes and that can lead to some things. So they found Masai, they found Tim Conley, two for two, we'll see. We'll see if that was just like dumb luck or if there really was something about their decision making process that led them to that to that point. It's true. It's true. It's just I I just have to tell myself that like okay, we've lost another unbelievably talented GM in Denver, but we had two unbelievably talented GMs in Denver that were picked by the Cronkies. I, I don't know if Calvin Booth, like if he was picked by Tim Connolly, if he like what the role the Cronkies actually played in Calvin Booth becoming who he is now. Um, but I, you know, you just I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you just have to look at that and be like, OK, I hate these like these people drive me crazy. The thought of them at this moment makes me insane. <laughs> However, if I take a breath and I think about you know, what it is that they've actually accomplished in ways that seriously make absolutely no sense other than they can somehow pick the people that know what they're doing and they can let them do their job. Right. From that standpoint, like, okay, like I, I hope that um, Calvin Booth is made in the mold of Tim Conley. He has like the same vision for how to build a basketball team, the things that are important, the things that are not important, and is able to sort of focus on the things that, that matter. And we can just sort of continue on the path that we're on. But it's just this, this element of chaos that, that makes me so unbelievably nervous. Um, yeah. And, I, and it's I also really just like sleeping about. when Gary left, you kind of felt like it was the writing was on the wall. You knew that he was comfortable with it at that point. He kind of like, hey, maybe my time's moved on because Gary was a core piece and losing him felt like, man, I wanted when and if the Nuggets won a title, I wanted Gary to be there. It would have been a sentimentally nice thing. But it also felt like a sacrifice you had to make to make your team better. This one just feels like something happened to the Nuggets. Yeah. It doesn't feel like right. a process going to it. It's like someone stole Tim Conley, and now you just roll with the punches on it, and it sucks. But um, unless anybody have anything, any final thoughts? I and mean, we have to put a bow on this. We've talked about it for a couple of episodes now, and honestly, it's it, it, 
we did actually today the, the plan for the show was to talk about two prospects who are very interesting i'm in full draft mode now and we'll, we'll turn to that tomorrow um but we just have to put a bow on on how we think and feel and we can come back and look at this two three years down the line and kind of reevaluate our our feeling and our sense of the moment my final thoughts are like the nuggets are gonna be okay like i said i at the very top of the show they could very well win a championship yeah. next season yeah. Um, but I just wonder what, you know, the effects of this will be down the line. What does Nikola Jokic think of this? Now, I, mm. I think he's going to sign the Supermax for sure. Like anybody will sign that yeah. um, with no matter, you know, any team, any player is going to sign that. He will. He'll be in Denver for a long time. But, you know, does he look at this and be like, wow, like why didn't ownership do everything they could to keep Tim here? Why didn't they do that? Huh. That That's interesting. You know, what does Jamal Murray think of this? What what does Michael Malone think of this? What do people around the league think of this? That mm. the Nuggets ownership isn't doing everything that it takes to keep its best people. And and just if you step back again, I know I said this earlier, but if you step back and look at Tim Connolly leaving Denver for Minnesota, it's not like he's going to the Lakers. You know, it's it's not like he's going to the New York Knicks. He's going to the Minnesota Timberwolves. I know it a does. Team, a division rival, a, a division rival who's won two playoff games in the last it, four years. I'm telling you, this is actually the lamest part about it is that you like you some the guy that came into your corner and like and, and, and beat you up on your block is the Timberwolves. You're like, damn it, <laughs> we're somehow an, an organization like, who is oh, like more as dysfunctional as almost any organization over the last decade. Like the Timberwolves, there, there's so much wrong with that franchise. And that's the team that was able to pluck Tim Connolly from Denver, a place he never wanted to leave. That That's not going to sit right for a while. Yeah. And for me, I'm ready to move forward too. I mean, this is there's precedent for this, not just for the Nuggets, but just in pro sports. It does happen, and, and we'll see what Calvin can do and all of that. Just one last time I want to express a wave of regret or, or just disappointment. I think – when we think about these two years and what was taken, you know, from us and the Nuggets, what could have been, we all wanted to see this this iteration of the Nuggets finish the job, you know, and that included Tim for me. And I'll think back on these two years as those two years where it could have happened. Right now, we're all talking about, oh, it's time to move on from a GM that did this and this and that. I, he's a GM that built a title contender. It wasn't us. It was Zach Lowe. It was GMs around the league. You know, it was other media right. members who were calling each other. Man, the Nuggets are knocking on the door. They were right yeah. up in there. It was taken from them. Uh, you got to move on because that's how sports work. But it just stinks. It just stinks. It could have, should have been these two years. Yeah. Uh, and, and now and now we're already sort of on to the next thing. And I just think Nuggets fans are so tired of being on to the next thing. I, if I hear one more person say, like, Tim Conley sucked at making trades, I'm going to lose my freaking mind. It's, it's like, terrible. The guy, the guy made a great deal for Jeremy Grant. He left the Nuggets at the stroke of midnight without telling everybody. He made a great deal for Aaron Gordon. Like, he's pulled off great trades. He's pulled off good signings. Like, it's, it's just uh, – this can't. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, like – I'm not fully ready. Did you want him to trade page. Jamal Murray for, like, James Harden? Sorry. I'll, I'll <laughs> For Jimmy like, Butler. Is that, a good, is that a trade that people no. – Yeah. So, I mean, I think at this moment, like, I just want to say thank you to Tim Connolly. Like, I really – like, 
I've enjoyed the Den like growing with the Denver Nuggets over the past one. however many years so much. I've really enjoyed watching his vision come to fruition and the way that he's conducted himself in the community and like the humility that he conducts himself. The fact that he would come to our stupid bar and like talk to us, not in a way that like is uh, makes us not able to objectively look at the man and what he does, but there's just something about like the ethos of the Denver Nuggets that Tim Connolly is at the heart of that they're just approachable. They are a team that you want to root for because it's like a bunch of guys that nobody believed in. It's like Brian Colangelo literally had burner accounts where he was yelling at people for making fun of his callers. Like, yeah, a lot of GMs suck as people. <laughs> like a lot of people like yes. really lame. Yes. And like anytime I ever heard Tim Connolly on a podcast or just, you know, had the opportunity to just watch him interact with anybody in this community at large. It just, it, he's just a guy that I wanted to know and be around. And he ran a franchise the way that I would run a franchise. Like he made decisions that were not always the um, best uh, from a cutthroat business standpoint, but like always from a, uh, you know, like the, the, he always had soul on the mind when he was doing things like he he had the idea of the nuggets as a concept um being a group of people and a group of fans and a, a group of players and everybody sort of buying into this collective vision um which is why this just hurts so badly like i just really like tim Connolly as a guy yeah. he's a guy that i felt really good rooting for um, yeah I don't know that that's, I mean, I'm not saying that that's not the case. I mean, we're not talking about right. anything else that is to come. I, I've not lost faith in, faith in the Denver Nuggets. I've not lost faith in, in Nikola Jokic, et cetera, et cetera. I just, Tim Connolly's Denver Nuggets are what really made me fall in love with the sport. And I'm going to have a hard time sort of turning yeah. the page. And, um, and all I can do is say thank you. And I'm, I'm, I'm bummed. Yeah, for sure. Um, we got some super chats to get to before we get out of here. Why don't we roll through those here, Kale? Some real sickos. Maybe a uh, grapey says it will be fun to skip some steps. Maybe it'll be fun to skip some steps. Hey man, maybe it will. That's true. Maybe. It's true. I mean, it seems to work for other teams. Yeah. Why not? It's Fuck on the it. table. To be honest, though, they're at the final step. So there's what what skipping is there? Yeah, that's, a, yeah, that's the last step. That's the last step. Uh, we got Bobby. He says five dollars. Oh, I love oh, yeah, this comment. Guy. Five oh, bucks, guy. dude. Finally, first team or Bobby Gonzalez. By the way, all right. Uh, Steven or Stefan says, in a world of huge max contracts, we can't pay five years, 40 million. Think this was Josh or Stan. TC was supposed to see this through and build the post-yoke era. I mean, first of all, unquestionably, this is Stan. Unquestionably. It might also be Josh, but it is Stan. Like, I don't know Josh's level of involvement on this. I do know Stan's, and it's, uh, yeah, there's no question about it. I love the point, though, about the post-Jokic era. In an alternate universe where the Cronkies don't suck and Tim is still here, I do wonder if the Nuggets win a title, Yoke wins, and then they both retire at the same time. It would be the greatest, it would be the smart move if you just got out of the game right, right when Yoke left. You're like, hey, man, un no blemishes. All right, what else we got? Uh, I am now liquidating my Nuggets jerseys <laughs> and sending my support to an org that cares. I love it. I Does that, that mean he's. I Does that mean so. we're like dissolving them in, in acid and turning them into liquid? Or we're That's exactly what it means. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, I want. I mean, I don't. I don't know. Has anybody ever? What's the most contentious general manager split up in sports history? 
Well, Sam Hinkie and Sam the 76ers Hinkie, yeah. is yeah. the most recent Damn, one. Are we linked to the mind. 76ers once again? We don't skip steps versus the process, just mirroring each other. God damn it. I hate this song. Oh, bring in Doc Rivers. God damn it. God damn it. Don't you, you shut your mouth. <laughs> Very excited for us to get the Colangelos and Doc Rivers or whatever the, the exact. Vinny Del Negro, is he coming in? Mark Jackson. <laughs> damn it. Darkest timeline upon us. All right, uh, what else oh, got? my God. Cool Cootie says, will it hurt when Tim says cast the No, it'll be, it'll be awesome when he doesn't. It'll be awesome <laughs> when he talks awkwardly around it and doesn't know how to say no. That'll be the part. I can't, that's the can you, part. Can I see your? Can I see your impersonation? Hey, you've been around a lot of great centers in your day. You've seen Jokic <laughs> up close. Uh, Tim, um, what is, how yeah, do you obviously? Well, um, well. I mean, obviously, he, he's like an all all NBA caliber center. Um, I mean, those are the kind of guys you want to have in your organization. Obviously, um, you know, Jokic. We look at him as a great guy who can do a lot of things on the court. We look at Cat as a guy who maybe can do some of those things too. And, uh, you know, when we look at that, we just see, um, we just see a great talent. I said, as good as he is, as a player, he's an even better person. Like, yeah, you know, this is one person. of the ways you talk around the question. Oh my God. He's just a basketball player. He's just, I, I think I hate cat more now. Now I'm only going to refer to him as pussy cat from here on out. I'm going to be, done. It, it does suck, man. It's like what Paul Belsap had to say that Embiid was the best. Come on, man. This sucks. I hate it here. We'll be back uh, tomorrow. I can't wait to talk about Eason. Can't take t- wait to talk about Williams. Two players that are very, very interesting. What? Did I do something wrong here? No, it's just a funny transition. <laughs> I just want people to know we're not going to be doing this like sad sex yes. shit all summer long where we're just like, oh, we're just I just want everyone to I want everyone to know that I will be doing sad sex shit all the, the entire time. Yeah, me, me and D-Line are actually going to have a separate podcast where we just bitch and moan about <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. You guys can do the You've got the DNBA show. We're going to do the Down Bad show, starring Harrison and D-Line. Yeah. You know what? DNBA Down Bad? I feel like there's a to be made here. We're going to have to do a Down there, Bad There's show. something there. Yeah. There's something there. Everybody, thanks so much for tuning in. Hit that like button. We'll be back tomorrow for a new episode. See you then. Yeah.